welcome, my friend, to episode six of the spring 2022 season where we're working on growing our own meals. And this is the second of three nuts and bolts, actionable, information-laden episodes with the Heirloomista, Kelsey Love. She's Heirloomista on Instagram, and she is just awesome. So hopefully you're having as much fun with these conversations as I had talking with Kelsey. And so this is the second of the three episodes all about seed starting and exactly what you need to do to get your seed started well this spring. And if you have questions or want to get in touch with Kelsey, you can go to the show notes at Minnesota Gardening and click on the spring 2022 podcast season. And there you'll see all the links and information you need to get in touch with everyone. So here is the second of the three episodes about seed starting. All right. Hello and welcome for this episode of the Minnesota Gardening Podcast. We have Kelsey Love, who is the incredible heirloomista on Instagram, which everyone should make sure to follow her there. And this is the second of three episodes with Kelsey talking about seed starting and spring gardening and making sure that uh, everyone has a good idea as to how to to be self-sufficient and get seeds started on their own and what makes sense. So we just had one episode all about how to start seed and the process of getting seeds planted in the ground. In the second episode, we're going to talk all about what they need to grow and troubleshooting for issues that may come up. And the third episode will be about hardening those plants off so that they can succeed and transplanting them and what what they need from there. So let's get started with this uh, second episode talking about the needs of our plants. So we've got them. The seeds are started. They're in the ground. We have, you know, our our cottage cheese container that has what I forget what did we plant in there we plant broccoli or cauliflower in there whatever it was that we that we no I'm just kidding <laughs> right and so we've got those plants that are the seeds that are in there after you get them the seeds in the soil what needs to happen for the home gardener what do they need to provide to those seeds everybody needs warmth and then something to hang on to so the soils is something to hang on to so it's holding in. And then we need to make sure it's not too cold and it's not too hot. And then we need to make sure it has enough moisture, but not too much or too little. And the plant will tell you these things, whether you understand it or not is kind of a different story. But, you know, if the plant is falling over, it has a really long stem and the leaves are kind of, you know, looking pathetic, it might be getting too much water or not enough light. If the base of the plant has, it's really, really thin and just looks like it's snapped over, it's too wet. There's just a lot of different variables. So it's it's really easy to overwater a plant if you're just really enthusiastic, uh, an enthusiastic first time home gardener. <laughs> <laughs> well, how much, how much do, even before uh, you start to see those uh, happy green baby leaves coming up. Yeah. How how much water do they need through that process? And what is the best way to water them? Should they be using a watering can? Should they be watering, setting it in, you know, a dish so that they've got some, it's watering from the bottom? What's What's the best practice there? I think it's great to just have, if you're starting these seeds in your house and you have a little setup, I think it's great to just have a, a, a miniature watering can and you just water them lightly you don't want the soil to be soggy with water. Um, so you can kind of keep an eye on those things. Um, 
And depending on how big of a container that you're planting in, like if you are using the yogurt container, it's totally fine to stick your finger in that soil and see how it feels. Like if it feels soggy, wet, don't water it for a day, you know, and if it's dry and kind of crunchy, you can rehydrate it and do that slowly. Just a little bit of water a few times a day until it gets to the right moisture, which should just be moist, but not wet. And I know that's really hard to explain on a podcast, but you know, the more you do it, you'll get a feel for it. Or even in the house plants that you have at your house right now, it's, if you just stick your finger in the soil, you can tell if, is this dry and crunchy or is this like way too wet? Nobody likes to be really on either end of the spectrum in the vegetable department. And I also want to just make sure to reiterate that if you're using a container that's reusing a container, which is wonderful, you have to make sure to poke holes in that so that excess water can drain out and making sure that that doesn't stay too wet in there. And can you just explain what, like when I mentioned earlier, watering from the bottom, like what does that, what does that mean? What does that entail if you're using like a flat with six packs of seeds that are growing in there? Sure. I don't typically water from the bottom unless I've made a big mistake and I need to slowly rehydrate uh, a plant because it's generally for most people, it's really easy to put some plant, put, put your flats in a water and forget about it. And all of a sudden it's too soggy and it's too wet. I'm curious, like what you, what you water bottom water from. Yeah. That's the way, that's the way I do it because I, I tend to get a little, a little too aggressive with, (laughs) with a lot of different things. So (laughs) it, it works best for me to make sure. sure. So I, what I do is I just take a pitcher of water and a half inch, quarter inch of water in in the flat that's the the six packs are are sitting in mm-hmm. and I'll put photos of this all in the show notes so people can see where how we're doing this and maybe Kelsey you can give us some photos of how your setup is as well so we can put those in the show notes and with that we I I just let it sit there and then once it is has sat there for 20 30 minutes and then I drain the water out from underneath so that they're not sitting in water and right. that makes sure that they <laughs> they get the water that they need without getting too much water and it's a lot easier for me to be kind of on a to do that on a schedule cuz if I don't do some things on a schedule then I tend to lose it a little bit and, right. not, and this is this and is not the be as consistent part. as I need right so if i watering from the bottom is great it's the natural way for you know roots to be soaking up moisture it's just if you don't you don't have a schedule and you're forgetful, it's a great way to get your plants too too wet. But I I think that's great. Like you have a schedule that you do and you say X amount of minutes and then I'm gonna pour it out so it's not overwatered. I think that's fantastic. I know that I personally wouldn't be able to commit to something like that. Yeah, and my scale is small enough that it sure. uh that it that it works for us. And uh, and that's I think that's another good point, is that all of these things are they can evolve and change for whatever a home gardener is is doing and what works best for you and your life. And these things shouldn't be, they shouldn't be onerous. They shouldn't be hugely time consuming. They're right. just, they need to fit into your life or else it's just not going to be successful. Right. I, I think it's really important to, to recognize that. And even on a, you know, production scale, there are things that I do very differently from other farmers because I know it's a system that I can commit to. And it sometimes it's weird. And sometimes it's like, Oh, why am I not doing that? You know, but it's really like you have to do what works for you in order to be consistent in your home garden. So 
for you, you have a great system that works with watering your flesh because you can commit to it. And I think it's great. And I'm sure the plants are super healthy that way. Yeah, it works. But the important part is, yeah, the important part is pouring out the excess of water. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's got to happen. So let's talk about heat now. So if we're still before our uh, little seedlings are poking their heads up above the soil, what do they need? For, are, are heat mats required for germinating seeds or what, what do people need to do that way? Sure. So if you haven't heard of a, a heat mat it's like a seeding mat, it's like a little mat that you stick underneath all of your trays and you plug it in and it, it keeps it a certain temperature, which is I think generally 10 degrees above room temperature. So it's probably around like 75 or 85. Is that right? And it's a great way. It's a great way to create a really consistent temperature for the seeds. And so it doesn't really fluctuate. Um, it's not necessary. I do I'm a firm believer in seeds and plants have a will to grow, but it's also really exciting to be able to get them to germinate sooner, especially when you're growing on a field scale or if it's just the dead of winter and you really need some, you know, sign of life. <laughs> it's, just, it's a really reliable way to start seeds. They all need warmth water and light though, or light eventually. So the seed mat is a really, like I said, reliable way, but it's not necessary. Maybe for peppers and things like, especially the hot, hot peppers, seed mats are helpful to encourage a consistent germination, but not necessary. It's just kind of a bonus. Exactly. And so let's say that our, our happy little plants have started to poke their heads up above the soil. And so you've got babies now and Everybody's thrilled and super happy to see them there. What is the thing? What are the things that we should be worried about with? Let's start with light at this point. Like what, what are the light requirements for our plants to be successful? The more, the better. So some people have setups in their home where they have like a, a light where they can use like a grow light. You can buy these. I know there's a store in St. Paul and there's one in Minneapolis that sell like urban gardening supplies where you can use extra light to make sure that it's consistent. You can put them on a timer so you know your plants are getting, you know, 14 hours of daylight a day and at a, at a consistent strength. But you don't need all of that to start you know, plants in your house. You can just put them by a south-facing window, a really bright window. The closer it gets to spring is better to start your seeds. If you're doing it right now, it's too early and it's just not going to get enough light. And the plant will tell you that by being what we call leggy. So it'll grow really, really tall, but it won't have enough light to grow big leaves. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I just need to step back just a second. You see before um and maybe even while after seeds germinate you'll often see the plastic clear plastic seed domes over the top of plants is that something that people should be using and when is that appropriate for things yeah that's that's very helpful for the germination process because it keeps the moisture and a little extra warmth in there but once they germinate i would absolutely take those clear domes off just to make sure that it can start self-regulating more or less. We don't want it to be too moist in there because that may stimulate fungus to overgrow. You know, there's, there's different you know, fungus and all kinds of different things in the soil already, but we want to make sure that it stays in check and doesn't get a wild hair and start taking over because generally 
more, too much moisture and warmth will bring out all the things like, like fungus. I don't know if that's Which, the direction you were going in this. Well, we're, yeah, we're going to get there for sure. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got to cover fungus and all the issues that could come up for folks and how they how they check sure. them out. But yep. so with that, we've got and so after the plant has sprouted, we pull that that seed dome off of there um, mm-hmm. so that they, they can breathe and get air. And then how often after the plants start growing, do they need to be watered still? And is that something that uh, you need to water more often or less often or where, what's the cadence there? Yep. So the bigger the the seedling gets, the more it's going to need more water. I know in the greenhouse, we water twice a day. If it's super hot, you know, it's going to be the plant will be cycling through more water. So we need to water it more. And on cloudy days, we only do it maybe once. It all comes down to is the soil too moist or too dry? Is it is it okay? And then also looking at the plant to see if it's upright and looks sturdy and strong and you know, does it, do are its leaves, this is hard to explain on a podcast, <laughs> just thinking of all the nuances of, of working with little baby seedlings. You just want a nice uniform, like bright, strong looking little seedling. And if its leaves are too far up or down, that may also be telling you something about the water requirements. Like it, it might need more water if the seeds are, I'm sorry, if the, if the leaves are are closing. Right. And I also think it's important for people to really understand that this, as we get into the more troubleshooting kinds of things here in just a little bit to prepare people mentally is that, um, sometimes seed starting, especially for uh, a homeowner and a busy family, that kind of thing can be just a massive failure. Like it can, it can all go wrong and you can have ish, major issues with things and, and that kind of thing. And that's okay. One of the things I love about gardening is the fact is that there's always another season. There's always another chance and you can, right. you can learn and you can start again. And like if your tomatoes don't make it from a seed that you started, which I have every confidence that you, that you can get mo- most of the way there as a listener. But if they don't, you can always go to a garden center and buy yourself some tomatoes. That's not going to be the end of the world kind of thing. So what, what are some things after that plant gets germinated and starts to grow? What are some things that people should be watching out for on the way of like diseases and funguses and those kinds of things? What, what kinds of things are important to be keeping an eye on? Sure. I need to just make a general note of like, don't get, don't go down the rabbit hole of feeling like you need to understand every single like pest and disease and whatever it may be that may be joining your seedlings. It's like, this isn't rocket surgery. So don't feel like you need to be an expert in any of this, (laughs) but things to look for would be funny discolorations and inconsistency around the stem, like a different, is it really skinny at one point or are the leaves, you know, the same or is one looking a little funny, a little differently shaped or colored. So that's in terms of like the plant. But another thing is like, if you're seeing like mold or things grow or like goop or something on the soil, like it's likely that you are overwatering or not getting enough sunlight. You know, there's a balance right there. And then there are so many I don't want to say there's so many things that can go wrong. <laughs> That's not encouraging. There are at millions all. of things that can go on. But it's just, yeah, it's you're working with 
it's organic matter and it's going to express itself somehow or another. But generally planting vegetable seeds, you're going to be fine. I don't, I'm trying not to get too specific on this. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about yeah. um, the, so if you're looking for things that are the plant generally observing, I think is one of the most important things for yep. people to, to pay attention to is just check them every day, at least obviously, and just look at them. And if you start to see changes in, in color, or if they start to fall over those kinds of things. So if they do have a, let's say it's damping off or a fungus or something mm -hmm. like that, that gets in there, what action steps should people take if there's a problem that they see? That's a great question. So if you start seeing issues with with fungus, I personally, I wouldn't want to keep that around my entire growing area because I have an entire farm's worth of things <laughs> there and I don't want anything to cross over. But some things can also be corrected with just watering or changing your air movement. So it's always good to, when you have tons and tons of plants, it's great to have airflow. And just make sure there's enough fresh air, you know, moving things around so nothing is too stagnant, if that makes sense. Plants are constantly moving water through them. And so if there is an air movement to move that water and remind the plant to take up more water and let some go and things like that, you could have some fungal disease or something like that that hangs on and, and takes over. Yeah, exactly. Again, I'm trying not to go down the rabbit no, hole. <laughs> I, I very much appreciate that. I, I, I just so all the listeners know, I, I before we start the podcast, I give our guests general, you know, marching orders that we don't want to go too technical. We want to make sure to stay accessible for everything. And so, with some folks who are, it, it's, uh, it's a little more challenging when we've got things like this where there are different choose your own adventure, a thousand different choose your own adventure kind of paths that we could take with seed starting. So I just appreciate that. So let's move to lighting. And as, as those plants start to grow, if let's just say you're in a South facing window and your tomatoes are stretching to reach toward the window and that kind of thing, what, what should people do at that point? Right. So at that point, that plant is telling you that it's not getting as much sunlight as it wants. So one thing you could do is if you want to really invest in this process and you think, yeah, I'm really into this, it might be a good idea to get a little grow light and offer the plant more consistent. And like I said, you can put that on a timer and it can hit all like it can you can use that grow light for all of your plants. Or another thing you could do is slow down the watering because the more you're watering something, the more it's going to want to grow. Obviously, you need to continue watering it, but not quite as much as that. That's what I would do just to kind of buy yourself time until, you know, the days are longer or you can get it. And it, it is a balance. You know, like I said earlier, is you don't want to start tomato seeds right now just by using daylight in your windows it's too early. There just simply isn't enough light to grow vegetables right now, which is why starting in March is like a standard time for Minnesota or like Northern growers. There, there are things that can, around that time of year, there's more daylight. Yeah, did that answer that? Yeah, it absolutely did. And if, and people can grab grow lights. Don't need to be fancy whatsoever. You, if you go no. online, you can see just 
insane setups of grow lights and that can cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars and you don't need that whatsoever. You can, a lot Mm -hmm. of local hardware stores, if you have an Ace True Value, a lot of them will have grow lights there available and you can get LED, you can get fluorescent, you can get a variety of different a variety right. of different things, which will absolutely work. And so at what, so as those plants are growing, how do you know if you're keeping that light close enough to plants? Should you, should you move it up and move it around? What should happen with that light as your plants are growing? Yeah, that's a great question. Cause this is something you'll learn right away. So with a grow light, you want to make sure that it's close enough to the plant. So, so it. Well, first of all, you don't want it too close so it burns it. And then if it's too far away, the plant will continue growing up, 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 reaching the light. So the point of the light is to facilitate photosynthesis, which happens in the leaves. So you want to, if you are starting, hold on, if you have like a flat of tomatoes that you're starting, I would say it's good to have the light a few inches off of the tomatoes, the, the leaves, just a few inches. And then you adjust it as the plant grows and you will know if the plant starts to, if the leaves start to have a funny texture or discoloration, it's probably too close. Or if it's too far away, your plant will continue growing toward the light. And it's just by trial and error, figuring out what that sweet spot is for you. And then also your plant is growing. So you adjust it as you go. And every light has a different power to it as <laughs> they have they have very right. different amounts of light that they put out and so mm-hmm. lights will vary greatly as to as to how far from the plant so it's another one of those things where you need to just figure it out and as you do this a few years in a row, you will start to get used to your equipment and use the plants that you're growing. And you'll be able to see, like, you'll you'll know what that plant should be doing. And you can't expect your first year of gardening to really have a good feel for what all these things are going to do. You kind of have to go in and experience it and and be part of that growth cycle. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm not even, I don't really use grow lights, but I so I feel funny even advising people on them. I have like briefly used them in the past, but it's not something I use anymore. But it is something like you just said, you'll you'll kind of figure it out after a couple of seasons of what works and what doesn't. And it's nothing to be afraid of because it can all be adjusted. Exactly. And so as we've got these little plants that are starting to grow and and become toddler plants, I guess is the best way to say that. What Are there any other things that we should be really watching for? Do we need to be fertilizing these plants? What what needs to happen that way for getting these things started strong? Sure. I, I'm not one to fertilize seedlings. I know some people do because um, they want to keep grow, grow, growing and they want them to get really big quickly. That's not something I do. I focus more on the soil. So if you have a good seed starting mix, the amount of time that that plant is in that soil media, um, it should be just fine. I think something to focus on is the size of the plant or the pot that it's in. So going back to that cottage cheese container where we planted, you know, five different broccolis, eventually those are, those leaves are going to push out and they're going to push out another set of leaves. And by that time you want to make sure that 
those plants are removed and maybe it's just one plant or two plants inside of that container while it's growing. If you limit the um, roots, the root mass, then it's going to limit the rest of the plant. It'll stunt its growth. So something to focus on would be what we call potting up. And so you'd find a larger pot or maybe its own pot instead of sharing and you would put fresh soil in there and then lift that plant up out of there and then put it back in with the new one, give it some good old water and light. And it might be shocked for a couple days, but it'll just pick up and it'll eventually keep growing. And yeah. Kelsey, on those on that same uh, vein of things, let's talk about one of my least favorite things ever as it comes mm-hmm. to gardening is if when that those broccoli in the cottage cheese container, we put two or three seeds down in, in that hole are, do we let those guys all keep growing? Do we need to do something with them? What, what happens with those multiple plants? If you have multiple plants in a single cell? Sure. So this is, I can understand why you say you don't like this because <laughs> so you got to pick and choose. You got to pick and choose. It's, it's more of a qualitative approach is if we want to, have strong, healthy plants, we we need to let that focus that energy on the certain amount of plants that we have enough room for. So we overplant seeds to make sure that we have a good germination rate. So we planted the extras just to make sure that if one didn't germinate, then the other one would. So if we only need five broccoli plants for our garden, we're going to pick the best five looking broccoli plants you have and put the energy into those the rest they can turn into compost or maybe you can eat them you know broccoli any part of the broccoli plant is edible at any stage so (laughs) you can just have a little snack or if you have chickens you can feed them the the baby plants that you don't have space for or maybe they aren't looking great or if you want to share with a friend if you really don't want to get rid of at that point you can share that with someone else but generally you're just going to have to call call it out and make sure that you are again focusing on the plants that you that you need. Can't keep them all. <laughs> right. And I think that's a really good point that you make about giving them to a friend and that kind of thing as well. It's uh it's at that stage when the plants are an inch or two tall at the very most, it's mm-hmm. really easy to their roots aren't going through that uh, especially if you're growing in six packs or that kind of thing that it's really easy to pluck. Just, I use a pencil all the time. And so yep. just take a pencil and kind of loosen it up around it and hold on to a leaf or the cotyledon that's there as mm-hmm. we get into super technical terms as well. And then, yep. uh, just pluck it out. And then you can just take that, the tip of the pencil and in a, in a new fresh six pack or new soil, just poke the pencil in and then feed those roots in there and kind of pack it in a little bit. And that plant will transplant really easily, especially as well as if you've got a, if you've got a six pack where one of the cells that neither of the seeds germinate, you can move them around and and do that as well. So. Right. That's that's absolutely right. And I think it's, it's a good reminder here that we, we, especially in springtime, we get a little seed happy and plant happy and just don't overdo it. (laughs) 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Perfect. And so as that leads us into our next episode, where we're going to talk about what we need to do de- next with our toddler seedlings here. If you missed uh, the first episode with Kelsey Love, make sure to go back and listen to that one as well, all about getting seeds started. And Kelsey, thank you so much for all of the incredible information you've been sharing with everyone. And we'll see everyone in the next episode.